Before we get started with today's episode, I have some really exciting news for you. I'm going to start teaching live in-person workshops in 2019, and I'm starting with two at the beginning of the year in my home state of Idaho. Now, I wasn't raised in Idaho, but I've lived here now for six years, and I think we're going to be here forever. So (laughs) my heart is here in Idaho, and this is where I'm starting my classes. So I will be teaching one live workshop in Boise on Saturday, January 27th, and one in Twin Falls on Saturday, February 9th. And I hope you will come. Please come. I want to meet you. These workshops are going to be small and intimate, so I really have a chance to engage with each of you. Only about 25 tickets are on sale to each event, so hurry and get your tickets if you're interested, and let me describe what the workshops are going to be about. This past fall, I had the opportunity to spend three full days organizing my home with a professional organizer. Some of you may remember Candy Kid from Operation Organization, who's been on this podcast twice, episode one and episode 22. She's one of my best friends, and she's so talented. She flew out from Oregon to help me deep clean and organize every nook and cranny of my house. And as Candy and I went through this experience of organizing my physical space, I made a lot of connections and parallels and metaphors to how we can also declutter our mindsets, particularly in regards to our motherhood. So just as you would go through your clothes and belongings at the beginning of every year and purge those that no longer fit you or work for you, I think that we need to periodically examine our inner, what I call motherhood closets, and get rid of those worn out shoulds and the limiting beliefs that we have about ourselves as mothers that only cause us guilt and perfectionism and comparison. So in this workshop, I'm going to lead you through a step-by-step process of examining the junk that's been piling up in your inner motherhood closet so that you can find more authentic joy in your motherhood experience by being more authentically you. This is a process that I've gone through in my own life without knowing it. I wasn't thinking about this organization metaphor, but I spent many years feeling very unsatisfied in my role as a mother, not knowing how to have dreams outside of motherhood, but still be a good mother, use my gifts. I felt like I wasn't really thriving in my role as a stay-at-home mom. And maybe some of you relate to this where you just... You can't quite figure out your groove as a mother and you just feel like there's something about yourself that you need to rediscover. This workshop is for you. So I really hope that you will jump on and get a ticket this week. Um, You can go to 3in30podcast.com forward slash workshops and you'll see all of the information there and you can use a special coupon code this week only. Thanks. 10 to get $10 off of a ticket. I think this would be a great thing to ask your husband or your mom for for Christmas. And speaking of Christmas, today's episode is one that I think is very timely for the holiday season. It is episode 57, How to Document Your Family Without Torturing Them. Welcome to 3 and 30 
a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. We've all done it. We've forced our kids to stand still in the middle of an exciting moment so we can just get one photo, we tell them, just one photo. But how often does that just one photo turn into five more photos where we're saying maybe we should try this slightly different angle? And can you look right over here, sweetie? Hold your toy up a little higher. And suddenly it turns into, why can't you just cooperate? Why won't you do this for me? I'll give you candy if you'll just hold still. That's it. I'm not giving you the rest of your birthday presents. <laughs> and on and on and on. And it is miserable. We love our kids and we want to preserve our memories with them. But in the process of doing that, we and our kids often end up so frustrated and angry. Is it really worth it? Today on the podcast, we have a guest who has a lot to say on this. Rebecca Sior is a professional photographer and a mother of three who's seen flustered mothers trying to get their kids to cooperate, both during formal family shoots that she's done and just during school assemblies and birthday parties. And she has some mindset shifts to share with us today, as well as some really practical tips for how we can still get the photos we love without torturing our children. So welcome to 3 and 30, Rebecca. Hello. We're so glad to have you on today. Oh, I'm so excited. And I wanted to record this episode before the holidays because I do think this is a time of frequent photo taking, um, especially now that we all have smartphones. And so we have these cameras and video cameras right at our disposal all the time. So I wanted to start out by asking you, why are you so passionate about this topic? Um, well, I, you know, I think like more than anything, it's selfishly because I'm obviously the family historian in, in my own family. I'm the one who's responsible for taking all the photos, um, both professionally, but, you know, by and large with a lot of our family memories are preserved on my iPhone. Um, I'm the one who's in charge of taking the pictures for Thanksgiving and trick or treat and remembering all of that stuff. And it's a really hard job. And I know that I know there are a lot of people out there who are who are struggling with the same thing, who want to to preserve all of these memories of their family. Um, and they don't want to torture their family. They don't want to like, you know, make everybody upset, but, but they're like really committed to, to preserving the memories. And so they, they do it anyway. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that it's a really thankless job to like kind of persist and insist, and like beg for these photos, but it's really important. And I know that, you know, it's really valuable in the end. And one thing that you've shared with me that I've loved is kind of like a mindset shift or like an overarching principle um, that helps moms as they're sort of framing why they want to get the photos that they want to get. So can you tell us a little bit about that before we get into like our practical takeaways with this topic? Yes. Um, for me, I really had to start thinking about why am I even taking these photos? Because like you said, with smartphones nowadays, everybody has a camera at their fingertips and 
every moment really with our beautiful, adorable children seems like something we want to remember. And so we can take photos of everything. And so we do take photos of everything. But but like, why? Why? What are we going to do with all of these photos? Um, you know, I, I really just found myself needing to be more intentional with why I was taking photos because just snapping because I can was leaving me with like a phone with no storage because I had Mm -hmm. way too many photos that I didn't really honestly ever look at or do anything with. Mm -hmm. And this aspect of kind of torturing your children where it's like, look at me, stop, look at me, honey. And why? Why is it because we're loving the moment with them? Are we really going to print that photo or do we need the photo or can we just love the moment with them? You know, so asking yourself that I think is huge. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because I say that like, if you're, if you're trying to preserve a memory, then you need to actually like tell a story with your photos and be present in that moment so that, so that there's an actual memory even with it. If you're Mm. just stopping your kid every five minutes and having them turn to you and smile, you, you're not preserving a memory. You're making like a little lookbook of like, this is what John looked like here. And this is what he looked like here. And this mm-hmm. is what he looked like over here. And that's not a memory. That's not a story. It's just, you know, just remembering what he looked like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And we need some so of those. Like, I mean, I, I do believe in like some just kind of cheesy or traditional or whatever you want to call it, like portraits. Um, but I don't want my phone to be filled with those. Yes, for sure. And with that overarching principle in mind of asking ourselves, why am I taking this photo? Let's head into the kind of practical takeaways that you have for moms of how they can document their family without torturing their family. And I love that title. (laughs) So what's your first takeaway? Okay. The first takeaway is to predetermine your number of snaps. So before an event, whether it's a play date or a holiday or like just an at-home activity that you're doing with your family, ask yourself how many photos you actually need to document that event well. And of course, some events, you know, are going to need more than others. But um, when you plan ahead of time, that's when you, that's when you're able to be intentional about what you take photos of. And um, then you end up with better quality photos. Yeah. And then once you get those shots, you can just put the phone away and really enjoy the moment yes. with your family. And that is like the, they're like, two benefits to this. One is that your phone isn't like overloaded with photos, but the like secret benefit, that's what it's really all about anyway, is that you enjoy the time that you're spending together and you enjoy and you make, you know, make an actual genuine memory together. Mm, Um, So I have some personal limits. Do you want some examples? Yes. Give us some examples. Okay. So, and I'm going to warn you, you're going to tell me that this is not enough, but trust me, it is. So my personal limits, if it's like a play date, I get, I need one shot, one picture of all the kids in one frame or most of the kids in one frame, depending on the ages. Um, and that could be them looking or it could be them not looking, but like, just look the, all of these kids were together. So I need one. Um, for a birthday, like one of my own kids' birthdays, I would want one picture of the kid with their cake, like blowing out the candles or getting ready or something, a portrait of the kid. They're like, this is Ellie at five years old portrait. 
mm-hmm. and one picture of a kid with like friends or family to remember who was at the party. So three, so three pictures. This would be yeah. my goal. Uh-huh. Um, and then like maybe a big day. So like the first day of school, a recital, I, I'm going to argue you only need one photo from that. And mm-hmm. I know that it seems like that's not enough, but it takes one photo to bring back a million memories. And like, ultimately, are you going to frame all five photos of your kid with his missing tooth? Like, are you going to make an album with 30 photos or 50 photos from your trip to the baseball game? Because I just don't think most of us are. And if we are actually going to do that for every event that happens or every milestone with our kids, like we're going to need bigger houses because <laughs> yeah. it's just not going to all fit. Mm, definitely. So what about holidays like Christmas? How many would you say for like Christmas morning? Uh, I think Christmas morning I this you're putting me on the spot. I should be preparing. I gotta pre-plan, <laughs> practice what I preach. Um, Christmas morning, I feel like five. Yeah. Five I, max. Yeah. Like maybe I would want one of like the whole room and like the you know, the tree and the gifts. And I would want one of the kid with their like maybe their favorite toy. I like to ask them for their favorite toy um that they got and get a portrait of them with that because I think it's fun to look back and be like, oh my goodness, when I was five, I was so excited about this. Cause a lot of times they've forgotten about that amazing toy by, <laughs> you know, within a year anyway. Yeah. Um, and then maybe like the whole family together, try to get like a self timer shot. Mm-hmm. And I think that would I think that would do it. That's three, you know, so like three to five. So here's a question. So you, so do you take multiple pictures? So like the kid with the cake, would you take lots of pictures of them with the cake to get your one favorite one? Or you just take one picture of the kid with the cake? I'm not opposed to practicing what I call the art of deleting. Um, I have like, I am totally okay with and I do it myself take a ton of pictures of the same thing like action shot like boom 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 or use the burst mode but the thing is you you can only do that if you have enough self-control to go back and delete if you're not mm-hmm. gonna delete photos then then don't then don't do that don't like do if that. you know yourself well enough that you don't go back through and edit like your photos I do all the time so I can trust myself to delete I delete a ton I'm a I love to delete um so I think it, it kind of depends on the person. And I do think that when you have, you, you take 10 of the same shot wanting to get the best one, but then it's overwhelming to, you think I'm not going to go back right now and sift through those 10 to pick the best shot to post it or to share it with family. I'll get to that eventually, but going through 10 photos is just too overwhelming for me right now. And then what happens is you never do go back through and send that photo to family or post it. And it's just, you know, the 10 photos sit on your phone. And so then it's a waste. Yeah. It's really, there's wisdom in knowing yourself. And if you know, you're not going to go back, then just take the one photo and move on. Not to mention, like I said, in that intro, making your kid pose 10 different ways with the cake is really annoying Mm. for the kid. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And that, like, I mean, a lot of this was born out of like my need to, um, like rein myself in, but it was also born out of like, just trying to respect my kids and the fact that like, they want to do stuff (laughs) and Mm. it can't be, we can't be doing things just to get a picture like that. They can't be pretending to have fun. I need to let my kids have fun and document Mm. 
the fun that they're having, not like contrive, pretend fun. So I have a photo. Like, what good is that? Yes, I completely agree. And then what would you say about like school events, like um, like an assembly or uh, something happening at the school? Well, this happened to me recently, and I have a story to share because my my daughter last year graduated from kindergarten. So, you know, this is like your standard assembly thing. We just also went to a Veterans Day concert and kind of I it, it all just happened again. So I feel like this would apply to almost any like kid assembly. Um mm-hmm. You know, so kindergarten graduation, you can imagine, was like stinking adorable, like all these cute little kids and they were dressed up and all these proud parents and we were all there and they come marching into some like great music and I like looking out to find my daughter and it took like a second bloop she was like right past me and then I looked back like at all the parents and it was this sea of cell phones and they were hiding all these like insanely happy faces and I like had goosebumps I stopped I felt terrible that all these these little like they were so proud these beautiful little kindergartners walked into a room of cell phones instead of parents and Mm. okay so then so I was like oh my gosh you know this is this is crazy um and I was like trying to be very intentional especially at that moment about me and my phone and making sure my daughter saw my face um so then they they march in they go up on these risers they sing songs I mean it was adorable the teachers did a great job but let's be honest it was a gym some risers and like a bunch of kids in fluorescent lighting. We were all far away. And so it was cute to us, very special, but it was like, like kind of (laughs) ugly. I mean, it wasn't like, it wasn't, you know, like a wedding. Um, (laughs) But even so, like there were parents standing up, they were blocking views to record. They were videoing every song. They were taking photo after photo, after photo, after photo. And I can tell you like the photo, each photo looked the same. They kept taking Mm -hmm. them. So I just couldn't help but wonder, like, what are you doing? Like, why? Why? Why do you need 15 photos of of this? Mm -hmm. Um, So, no, I was like kind of working on this whole theory of mind and mental shift and trying to rein myself in. So before I went, I decided on three photos and um, I I was like, I'm going to do one of her during the ceremony, one with her teacher and one with all of us afterward. Mm, and I stuck yeah. to it. Like it was hard because your like instinct and your habit is to just snap, snap, snap. But mm. I didn't. I stuck to it because I was like, I'm gonna be recording a podcast soon. I better, I better practice. <laughs> yeah. And it was awesome. Like it felt mm. so good. I took my photo and I was like, I got it. I mean, I, I felt good knowing I had gotten the photo. And then I just watched her and I like got tears in my eyes and I was thinking about how much she's learned and how much she's grown. I was like, I was there. It, I was in that moment. She kept looking and seeing me and we'd make eye contact. And if I'd have been overshooting or if I had been like kept trying to, if I had kept trying to get like a better shot, I wouldn't have taken that trip down memory lane. Mm. And this, of course, reminds me of the podcast that I feel like gets quoted every week in the podcast. Oh, let me guess. Dr. Yeah. Katie Penry. Yes, Dr. <laughs> Katie Penry, episode 23, How to Stop Looking at Your Phone So Much and Why It Matters. She talks about this exact thing with a mom and her daughter at the park and the daughter coming down the slide and the mom had the phone out filming the daughter. And Dr. Penry was said, you know, 
in that moment, the daughter wanted to see the mom's face and the mom's eyes, but instead she saw a phone. And it just like pierces you to your heart as a mother because you're like, I do that to them all the time. So now I just try to be so much more intentional about they need my face. They need my eyes that I don't want them to grow up thinking that it only matters if it's recorded or that they're seeing me through a phone. You know, I if we look back at the timestamp of when that episode was, I guarantee it was shortly before kindergarten graduation, because I think that was that episode specifically was playing in my head. Yeah. Like it all like came together and clicked whenever I had my phone up. And then when I saw all the phones and I saw what it looked like to them looking into the audience and I just like felt so sad. Yeah. That, that episode aired at the end of April and I'm sure uh-huh. graduation was like end of May. So yep. 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 Look at her saving yet another mom. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so if people haven't listened to that episode, they need to go find yeah. that and I'll put it in the show notes. So your first takeaway was to determine before the event, how many photos you'll take. Mm -hmm. And then what is your second takeaway? So then my second takeaway is to actually take some of your photos ahead of time. So think about like, and this one's good timing, matching jammy pics for Christmas, Halloween costumes for trick or treat, mommy and me photos for Mother's Day, that perfect family portrait that you want on Thanksgiving. So you can post and say, I'm so thankful for my beautiful family. Uh, Those can all be taken ahead of time. And I would argue they should be taken ahead of time Mm -hmm. because like, you can try on your Halloween costumes a week early. You can get the photo you need. And the kids are like so excited to try on their costume. And they're not like anxiously awaiting going to get like get to trick or treat night. So they're like happy to be in them, testing them out. Like I can see my son like doing his ninja moves. And he would like he would at that moment, he'd be happy to do a little photo shoot mm-hmm. and like play in his, you know, play in his costume. And, and what happens is if you do that ahead of time, when trick-or-treat night comes, you get to let your kids enjoy the night without forcing mm-hmm. them to stand still and say cheese when all they want is candy. <laughs> like, <laughs> they want to go get candy. And how rude. Like, think about it from their perspective. They have been, like, waiting for this. They're hyped up. They're ready to go. They just want to get candy. And we're like, yeah, but... Stand there and look cute. Look like you're having fun also, even though you're not happy right now because you're having to stand here (laughs) instead of going to get candy. You know, that's just, it's just not fair. Like don't set yourself up for failure and expect them to not be excited and acting crazy when it's a moment when they probably should be excited and acting crazy. Yeah. I will say it was, it was a low point in my mothering last Halloween when I paid Noah $10 to take a photo before he went trick-or-treating <laughs> because I, they were, I had, I had decided their costume theme, which was Sally was an Oompa Loompa and Noah was Willy Wonka. And that, of course he didn't want to be that, but I was like, you will be Willy Wonka. And then he didn't want to take a picture. And I was like, you will pose for this picture with the Oompa Loompa. And I finally just gave him $10. I'm glad to say this year I let them choose their own costumes and I was very relaxed about the photos. I still got a great, really cute one, but I didn't, it wasn't forced. It was just me quickly taking a snap and then we headed off trick-or-treating and it was just an all-around better experience for all of us. Mm-hmm. So amen to amen to this. I love this <laughs> well, idea. And you know, think about that because like what, then what did you do with that photo or what are you going to do with that photo? Um, well, it is a really 
insanely adorable photo that that is worth ten dollars to me I will say that (laughs) (laughs) well but I guess my point is are you going to are you gonna frame it like I'm thinking about more more thinking about the example from this year from this year is that because I I did frame the Oompa Loompa Willy Wonka photo and it's awesome um (laughs) but the one from this year I might still frame it because it ended it ended up super cute but I might not and it you know it won't matter it was just I have great memories of that night with him yeah my trick-or-treat night photos are going to go in a chat book or like just in our, you know, in our photo book. So like I I want one to remember like what were our costumes and proof to my children that I took them trick-or-treating in case they ever try to say that I didn't. But for me, because I know what I am going to do with that photo, I don't need to have the like the world's best Halloween one because I'm not going to frame it. And mm-hmm. so that kind of changes. Like if you if this is like going to be so if this is something so important to you that you want to frame it, well, maybe then it is worth torturing them to get it because, <laughs> because you have it and you frame it and you love it. And like, sometimes, sometimes you have to do that. Yes. But like, if you don't, if you don't do that all the time, then every once in a while when you do, it's not so bad. I yes. Think. And I think that's a really good point too with our kids. Our kids are, at least this is what I've seen from my kids and also what I've observed with nieces and nephews. They're they're willing to pose and do an occasional picture for us. It's when we are overkill with that and we're, you know, we're overusing that and doing it so much. That's when they start getting really resistant. So it's like pick your battles and make them stand still for that photo that you actually really care about. But the rest of it, let them be kids. Yes. Amen, Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> now, I am going to say not every photo can or should be taken ahead of time. So, like, you have to pick the ones that can, and some of them some of them shouldn't. Like, the first day of school, for me, is a time that I want to document that moment. I don't want it taken ahead of time or post or pretend. There's just something about the first day of school and the outfit and what they looked like and what like they felt like at the start of the year, it, it begs me to take that photo the day of. So when I'm documenting a certain day or an activity, I take it that same day. But if I'm just honoring something or someone, then I'm okay with taking the photo ahead of time. So like, yeah, so documenting the first day, you you want to document what they look like, the nervousness in their eye or whatever it was. What's an example of something that's just honoring that wouldn't need to be that same day? So like a photo of my husband and the kids so that I could post it for Father's Day and be like, look how amazing he is. I don't need one taken on that day or same for Mother's Day. Now like the birthday girl blowing out her candles. I would want that right. like on the day of. But right. an ode yes. to my beautiful five-year-old on her fifth birthday. I don't need to torment her on her fifth birthday when she wants to be playing with her friends or opening presents or blowing out candles. I can take I can use like a photo from the day before if I want. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Okay, I love that. The thinking about the difference between documenting a moment versus honoring a person and just really like taking advantage of if all you're going to do is if all you want to do is honor them then take those photos ahead of time and save everybody the hassle on the day of okay great tip and then what is your third takeaway okay my third takeaway is to embrace action shots 
as in don't always make them look at the camera. (laughs) If you're Mm -hmm. asking yourself ahead of time why you want the photo before you take it, you're probably saying it's some sort of story. Like you want to remember the way they did something or the way they loved this blah, blah, blah. Um, Maybe you just want to remember the place or the outfit or the friends that you were with. But most of the time, we aren't trying to remember their fake smile. So why are we fighting so hard to get that? Um, (laughs) We don't need it. I mean, maybe one of them just for posterity. But for the most part, we don't need that. And, you know, the truth is candid photos can tell just as much of a story and recall just as many memories as those posed ones. So before you like beg your kid to look at you and hold up their favorite toy, like right in the middle of opening presents at their birthday party, you have to ask yourself, like, is it worth torturing my kid right at this moment to have them look at me? Or could I just get a picture of them opening their presents, not looking at the camera? I get to preserve the memory. They get to keep having fun. Because that's a win-win if you can if you can yeah. get both at the same time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes a sneaky action shot of them in the middle of what they're doing isn't quite what you're going for or it's not working. If you can get your kids to think that they're just playing a game or performing a trick instead of taking a boring photo, then you're going to have a much happier subject, get better smiles, and again, win-win. Yeah. So, so how do we do that? Well, some of my favorite things to do with my own kids, and then honestly, even whenever I'm taking photos for clients professionally, um, things like, hey, like if I want to get my kids together, let me see who's taller. Like, can you stand next to each other? I want to see. Oh, yeah, look, they're taller. But are, what if you're on your tippy toes? You know, and I get them just kind of engaged in in that activity. Mm-hmm. Um, if I want to get somebody in a certain spot, because I want to get whatever's behind them. Like, oh, do you see this bug right here? Like, can you stomp on that? And then they, if they come over, if they stomp and then you're like, whoa, look at that. Cause they, getting them to come over and stomp gets them to that spot. My reaction and being proud of them for the stomp gets them to look up at me usually happily. And then boop, there I have my, there I have my photo. Mm. Um, Or another one would be like, I want to see who can jump the highest. Can you guys stand next to each other? Okay, ready? Are you ready? One, two, three. And then boom, they jump. I can take, maybe I'll get a fun action shot of them in the air or the very least the anticipation before. They're like, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? And then they're Mm -hmm. looking at me smiling. Or when they land, they're smiling. Like there's something in there that will be, that will be kind of a keeper or will, will get the job done. Yes. And we'll get them to do what you want them to do without them even knowing it and making it playful and fun. That's the key. Yes. You know, this is an opportunity to use like that burst mode on your phone, kind of like you were talking about, and just like snap a like snap a ton of pictures of like, okay, like come over here and I want to see who jumps the highest and just take like a dozen or more photos as they do it and then go back and delete any of the any of the ones that aren't keepers. I would I would keep one. So mm-hmm. you, you really, like, I know I said, only take one photo of this. Now I'm saying, take a ton of photos, <laughs> but it comes back to deleting. So mm-hmm. take, like, take a ton so that, so that you have like the whole range of um, emotions that you captured. And that way you only have to ask them to come over and do the activity one time. You got a dozen photos. There has to be one in there that's a keeper. And then they can go on their way. If you only take one photo, maybe you'll catch them like before they start jumping and they have their eyes closed. And then you're like, oh, no, 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 come back. I need to take another one. 
And then, so they do that, but you're like, Ooh, this time I caught them and they're looking weird, like in a weird place in their jump. You're like, Oh no, no, one more time. Well, now it's not fun. Yeah. (laughs) So if you're going to trick them into like some kind of an activity, I recommend doing burst mode, taking a ton of photos and then deleting 11 of those photos. Yes. And I feel like I need some sort of a, like a habit or a trigger to remind myself to delete. So do you, do you do do it right then? Do you do it that evening? What, how do you make that a habit for yourself to go back in and delete? Well, I will say it was a lot easier when my daughter was nursing or um, currently I will delete photos while I'm rocking a kid to sleep for a nap or at bedtime Mm. because the alternative is to like scroll through Instagram and Mm. I do that plenty. So I could give up a few minutes, spare a few minutes for that. Um, So my suggestion would be to find a certain time of day when you notice yourself scrolling and then replace scrolling with editing your gallery because it doesn't take a lot of time in the beginning it does it feels very overwhelming but if you at the a certain time each day whether it's like while you're eating lunch like that would have been a good time for me whenever I was teaching over my lunch I could have gone through my phone and because I like to look at pictures of my kids anyway and I could go through and delete at that time and you were uh I didn't mention this but you were a high school Spanish teacher right yes so you're saying during your lunch break at work is when you could yeah. do that. So that I could, could be yeah, I could picture a trigger it. for anyone. Yeah. Yeah. I would just think whatever time, whatever time it is that you're spending like scrolling through or doing social media, you could take five minutes from that time. Cause that's obviously like a downtime or maybe mm-hmm. it's anytime you're in a, a waiting room, a doctor's office waiting room, then do it. Do it then. Do it then. Well, thank you, Rebecca. I feel like these are I think there's going to be a lot of parents who are much more intentional this holiday season after listening to this episode with their photos. So can you recap for us your three takeaways? Um, Yes, I can. So the first one is to plan ahead the number of photos you need to be able to remember that event uh, properly. The second takeaway is to take some of the photos ahead of time. And I think that's going to come in handy this holiday season for sure. And then third takeaway would be to embrace action shots and not always insist that your kids look at the camera. Mm -hmm. And also create action shots by getting them to be playful and interact with you. Yes, absolutely. And I love that tip. Well, thank you. Thank you for coming on and for sharing your wisdom as a professional photographer and a mom with us at 3 and 30. Well, thank you for having me. It was so fun. What a unique idea for an episode topic, right? I loved Rebecca's really practical takeaways. And after the interview was over, she and I talked a little bit more. And one of the things that we talked about is if you really feel like you do want a lot of pictures or videos of a special occasion or a school event, why not ask someone else to take the video like grandma or a guest at the party? That way you can be really present with your kids and they can have your face and your eyes at that event, but you're still getting the footage that you really crave. I thought about this when I went to a Halloween parade at my son's school. I noticed that when the kids walked by cute in their costumes, often mom and dad were filming on their phones. And I thought, well, they live in the same house. They probably could share the same video. And it's a shame that the child is not getting 
either of her parents' faces and smiles and waves. So I think just being more intentional and thinking about things like that and designating, okay, this time you take the pictures and I'll be really present with the children or, like I said, asking someone else to take the pictures or the videos uh, in those moments that you really care about. So much to think about here. I'm so grateful that you come back week after week and join me in becoming a better mother. And don't forget about the Declutter Your Motherhood workshops that I'm teaching in Idaho this at the beginning of this year. And you can get $10 off this week only by using the code THANKS10. So go to my website to find out more. And I hope you have a great week with your family.